Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. Listen in on this episode as I read a short excerpt from my new book, From Trauma to Trust, The Making of a Messenger. You know, it can be shocking to realize the depth of God's loyalty to each of us, no matter what has happened. Be sure now to subscribe and uh, please review um, Tent Talk and rate us five stars. Help us get the message out. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. I want to read a short excerpt from my new book, From Trauma to Trust, The Making of a Messenger. It opens up chapters 5 through 8, which are based on the time that I had to learn what it meant to forgive and to love my mom at new levels. Oftentimes, it is more painful for us when we face that it was the enabler of our abuser that we are more offended and harmed by than even sometimes the abuser himself or herself. And so I want to read this to you. Yes, I want you to go and order the book and get it for as many people as you can. But I want you to listen because I want you to know that no matter what our details and our circumstances of life are, that this story isn't just my story, it's our story. Because whatever the circumstances, whatever the specifics, we are all attempting to handle life independent from God until He comes and reveals to us His heart for every single one of us. Because ultimately, None of us are a victim. Now, I know that is hard to hear and sometimes hard to swallow, but I want you to understand that as sin progresses within our lives, as we grow up, we find that we ourselves are capable of everything that they were capable of, that we are those who are repeating patterns of sin not just generational issues. It's like one of the places in the book, I talk about the fact that my my anger, my rage was not just emotional, it was uh, generational, meaning it had been passed down from Adam to me, that especially when it comes to our anger at God. And so I want you to listen in and remember the context of this. This all happened about you know, 25 to 30 years ago in my life. And I want you to hear this victory vignette that opens up on page 65 because I always want to show that God brought me into places of great victory because of him, because of his work, because of his view of things. And anytime I have come out from underneath my own care and the heat, my friends living in the heat of our own care is brutal. Come under the shade of the Almighty. Come under His care. And any time that you or I begin to take on His view, His thought, I promise you this, the cool of the day is going to return to us and we're going to get up and live the life that we were called to live. Do not forfeit the life that Jesus, that Jesus came to give you 
simply because you want to hold somebody else accountable. Trust me, my friends, we're all going to be held accountable. We're all going to have the same opportunity to receive what Jesus has done on our behalf to deal with everything so that then hopefully we get up and live the life that we've been called to. So without further delay, here is page 65 uh, through 68 in my book, From Trauma to Trust, Victory Vignette. The words were flying and stubbornness on both sides was kissing tin. While I fought the mirage argument once again because we never really fought about what was real, I felt my frustration and anger rising. I should have been able to hear the squeak of the wheel in this perpetual squirrel cage I was stuck in, but I couldn't. When would she see her mistake and admit it? I must make her see it. When and I began to gather our things and pack the car to leave my childhood family home after this particular Christmas visit, I was seething inwardly towards my mom, but my well-honed hiding skills were serving me well, so I just smiled, clenched my jaw and fist, and made my way to the car. Once the door shut, I began a loud but internal and private conversation with God. You must be ashamed for her to call herself a Christian, I said to him. Can you believe she can't get it? Do you see how she is, God? And before I could blink, he began to speak to me in an open vision. It only lasted seconds, but its impact still has the ability to bring me to tears and to break me over three decades later. God said to me, Nancy, who brings people to repentance? You do, Lord, I said, somewhat bewildered. And continuing, he said, if I brought her to repentance now, you would just kick her while she's down, and I won't allow that. I knew he was right. The vision continued with him showing me a circle of my dad and siblings. God spoke again and said, I will save her entire family, and then, if I believe it is necessary, I will bring her to repentance, and she will fall into the arms of a loving family. I began to break inwardly, and he continued showing me his great and intense love for her. I began to know, like never before, the eternal love he had for my mother, a love not touched or diminished by this world or her imperfections. It was though diminishing her in his presence was forbidden. He loved her no matter what. He never said that she hadn't sinned against me or neglected to protect me. He never defended her behavior or lack thereof. He simply revealed his love for her. And then he said to me, If you want me to love her conditionally, I will. But I will have to love you the same way. Oh God, no, I whispered. He then spoke one of his most stunning statements ever to me. And by the way, Nancy, whenever someone comes to me complaining about you, I'll be loyal to you too. I was shocked. It had never dawned on me that someone would need to go to him about me. I'm the one in pain. I'm not the one causing it. I was violently breaking before him. It was the beginning of the end of the relationship I had always dreamed of having with my mom. It had to be that way if I was to have a real relationship with her. I was experiencing a true death inside of me, and the grief was overwhelming. 
The vision closed and I knew I had been privileged to peek into the unbridled love and unexplainable loyalty of God to each of us. It was tangible, stout, certain, and bold. And from that day to this one, I have walked differently with my mom. The one and only thing in life that my mother had to get right, she did. She didn't lead me to Buddha, to Confucius, or Muhammad. She led me to Jesus Christ when I was seven years old. She sat patiently with me on the bed and prayed with me. She led me to the one who would pay for all her sins against me and mine against her. She would never be or live up to the fantasy I had in my head. Though I had once delighted in her and fought for her attention and affections, I had now grown up in God's love so that I could truly love my mom with a bold and honest love. In the weeks that followed, I found myself sitting in my church office ministering to a young woman. As God often does, he began revealing truth to me while I was trying to listen to and focus on someone else. The words were a faint whisper at first, but grew gradually louder. I love my mom. And now I could see why the pain is so intense, the disappointment so heartbreaking. You see, I had been taken out of my appointment with my mom. At some point in life, I had begun pushing her away because it was too painful to love someone who was betraying me by her lack of protection. I have had many people ask me, Did your mom know your dad was abusing you? This always brings about a special breed of shame that used to stalk me when I would hear this question. A shame that wanted to claw out the eyes of the one asking and claw out my own so I wouldn't have to see my filth and her failure. You see, for in these nine simple words, did your mom know your dad was abusing you, is the encrypted watermark message, no one really cared about you, did they? Walking in forgiveness with my mom was, in many ways, more difficult than with my dad. His sin was out there. It was clear that he was the villain. Here I had to face that the only other person on the face of the earth entrusted with my safety had failed miserably. With each touch of his hand and violation of my trust, my mind wondered, where is she? Doesn't she see what is happening? Why won't she help me? For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. You see, I wrote this as I opened up the chapters of what it was like now that I'd come to Jesus, what it was like now to have to face walking in forgiveness and truth and honesty in my relationship with my mom. I know that many people uh, have struggled with this because they look at them and they say, how, how is it that they would not take care of me? Why wouldn't they do right by me? You see, each of us has to come to that place to realize that ultimately those who wound us cannot heal us. And we do not have to wait for them to show up. The one person that needed to show up, the one person that needed to be loyal to you at every point and turn, he has been loyal and his name is Jesus. He is the full representation of the Father, and He comes in the full power of Holy Spirit to be able to bring to us all that we need, all that you did not receive, 
and to really to bring the life that you were always meant to have with them. So whether you've had a pristine upbringing or whether you've had a devastating upbringing, no matter how your home life was and your childhood ended up being, listen to me carefully. I do not want you wanting and and thinking that you cannot have the life that you were meant to have because of what others did or did not do for you. The life that you were always meant to have is held for you in trust in Christ. It was all taken care of before the foundations of the world and waits for you to step freely into it. I encourage you to do that today. I also encourage you, if what you've heard today encourages you uh, in some way, on some depth, resonates with you, I want to encourage you to go to Amazon and to order my book, From Trauma to Trust, The Making of a Messenger. Because it really isn't just my story, it's all of our story. Don't get lost in the specifics or in all of my circumstances. Let it provoke you to think about yours from God's perspective and see that there needs to be the snap of self-reliance in you. That's the title of chapter two in the book, is that we all need to come to the place that the self-reliance that we've been depending upon will snap and break and we will yield our right to ourself finally to God and let him take care of us. My friends, this hour of history is crying out for us to come to that place of full abiding dependency on him and live the life that you were always meant to live. Listen to me carefully. Don't stay wallowing in the difficulties of your past, nor remain clueless by living in the um, you know, satisfaction of maybe having a great upbringing. Because both, my friends, can actually cause you to miss the life that you were meant to have with him. All right? So think about these things. Order the book today and reflect upon the fact that God's loyalty to us is what's going to make all the difference. Love you all. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.